for November the 9th, 2020. This is Tzbarzak Games, episode 199. So I thought I'd uh, talk about a couple of uh, Magic the Gathering arena decks that I've been uh, toying around with during the last few days. Um, <clears throat> the first is a... Uh, Arakdos deck, so red and black. Um, it started out as a as a gen uh, deck, um, but but fairly quickly I I um, was messing around with it and I decided to to skip the uh, the green uh, <coughs> and go for a, um, a a purely Rakdos deck. Kind of nostalgic for me. Um, Rakdos is my is my uh, uh, well. It used to be at least my favored uh, um, type of deck. Uh, specifically, Rakdos Sacrifice was my main uh, mainstay deck, and the one that, that really pushed me uh, into the higher higher um, rankings uh, initially about a year ago or so, and. Um, I've still not go, gotten over not having Mayhem Devil. <laughs> really miss that card, one of my favorites, but uh, trying to do make do. Uh, so this uh, deck is a, I call it Rakdos Menace, because um, <clears throat> my plan was to, I, I want to have the uh, the red the sorceries that uh, allow you to gain control of a uh, opponent's creature for a turn. And I've been playing around with different decks uh, using those. Um, and uh, to varying success, and, and some of them work better than others depending on um, how well they fit the deck style. So this time I decided to, to try to build the deck all around uh, one of them. Um, of course you have your... Um, Claim the Firstborn, which is just doesn't really require all that much. It's just one red mana, so really easy to play. Um, it just has that limit of the uh, creature having a converted mana cost of three or less. So um, uh, it, it won't take you all the way. But um, <clears throat> the one that I decided on now that doesn't have a, a, a restriction on the uh, casting cost of the creature is uh, Tentative connection from uh, Korea. Um, it has an interesting um, stipulation in that, um, or, or well, not stipulation really, but um, if you have a creature with menace, the cost is three less. So it goes from costing uh, three and one red to costing just one red, just like the claim the firstborn. And that's without then the uh, limitation of a, a creature um, converted mana cost. So that seems uh, really powerful, and I wanted to, to take advantage of that. So so that's what I why I decided to go with a menace deck. And of course, menace is uh, most prevalent in red and black. Um, maybe a bit more on black than in red, um, but specifically or uh, especially in the uh, in the Rakdos uh, color combination. So uh, the black and red uh, multicolored creatures. 
So for this deck, uh, I'll just run down the uh, list of cards and, and go through a bit of why they're in the, game, in the deck. Um, for lands, I wanted to keep it simple, uh, since we just have two colors and I want this to be a fairly quick deck. Uh, I really need uh, as much mana as possible, usually. Um, and, and fairly early on, this, this is a fairly... Uh, it's, it's kind of a mid-range, something in between an aggro and a mid-range deck. Um, skewing maybe a little bit more on the uh, aggro side, um, but uh, yeah, somewhere in between. So I, I stuck, uh, I stayed uh, with uh, 10 swamps, 10 mountains, and 4 fabled passage just to, to help out in any, any needs uh, to, to uh, push it in one or the other direction. And there's also another uh, important reason, reason why Fable Passage is in there. It's because it has the sacrifice um, uh, keyword in there, which helps with uh, specifically the Blood Aspirant, which I also have in here, four copies of. So the Blood Aspirant is that 1-1 one, one creature, costs 1 and 1 red, and it reads, whenever you sacrifice a permanent, put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on Blood Aspirant. And it also has the uh, activated ability, which costs one red and one, and you tap uh, the Blood Aspirant and then sacrifice a creature or enchantment. Blood Aspirant deals one damage to target creature. That creature can't block this turn. So uh, the blocking and doing one create one damage is is uh, secondary in my opinion. Usually, uh, the important thing is that you can sacrifice a creature, and uh, that will uh, no doubt be a creature you from your opponent that you don't want don't want to give back. Um, <clears throat> back to the one drops, I have four uh, dead weights. Um, and let's see, yeah, because uh, I, I'm running Lurus as the companion here, so uh, I want to really be able to uh, replay many of the cards um, that I have in the deck, so uh, four dead weights, two village rights, um, four claim the firstborn, um, two shadow spears to be able to um, get some extra lives along the way because I tend to uh, lose a lot of life um, because um, uh, I'm also playing uh, a couple of Stormfist Crusaders which will uh, reduce your your life total um, every turn. Um, three Witches Oven, which is a great way to, to get rid of those uh, opponent's creatures that you've taken over, and also giving you the uh, extra bonus of uh, creating a food that you um, both sacrifice for life and also, since, it, since that, but that end, Witches Oven has a sacrifice keyword, uh, they'll boost up your Blood Aspirant. Uh, four Myra's Grasp, another card replayable uh, enchantment with Lurus. Um, here's here's the card that I'm working towards right now that I want to get more of in this deck, and it's Null Priest of Oblivion. This is turning out to be uh, one of my favorite cards from um, uh, from Syndicar Rising. Um, it's a uh, black 2-1 uh, creature, costs 1 black and 1, uh, and you can kick it for an additional 1 black and 3, 
It has menace and lifelink, and it reads, When no priest of oblivion enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, so that's a great way to get um, get another creature back into the fray. Um, initially, I had uh, some uh, um, Archfiend Vessels in here. Um, but, uh, yeah, I put them in the sideboard for now. I'm not really, I didn't feel that they had, uh, enough, um, didn't fit, uh, well enough into the deck to, 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 uh, uh justify being in there. So, but the Null Fe Priest uh, of Oblivion is, of course, great because it's, uh, it costs just two to play, so you can have it in a Lurus deck. And uh, you can play early uh, because it has Menace and Lifelink, so that's, that's good enough, 2-1. Uh, but then, of course, uh, later on in the game, and hopefully you can hold on to it, uh, you can also bring back a creature, maybe Lurus, uh, if you've lost Lurus, um, or one of the other creatures. Um, but Aspirant, we already talked about, I have a single copy of Fiend Artisan. I started out with four initially. Um, it's easy to be uh, enticed because it's a uh, mythic rare, and I happen to have all four, uh, the f whole set. So you kind of want to just stick them all there, in there, but um, it's not as um, useful in this deck as in other decks, because uh, since I don't have very uh, expensive creatures, there's nothing that I can pull out that will be like a game changer, uh, usually. Um, so it's mainly in there to be able to exchange a creature I've, I've taken, uh, took, uh, taken control of from the opponent uh, for one of my own. So getting that extra little bit of bonus out of uh, stealing their creature. Um, <clears throat> but of course, uh, when needed, uh, you can pull out uh, something that you, you're you're missing. Uh, for instance, if if um, um, I can't find a, think of a good example, but I have a single Kroxa, for instance, in here. Uh, so that could be good if you want to really start uh, pulling creatures out of your or cards out of your opponent's hand. So, uh, and also if you if you're uh, late in the game, have uh, a bunch of mana, you could pull Kroxa with Fiend Artisan. Uh, it uh, goes to the graveyard, and then you could uh, escape it. Um, I have two Labyrinth uh, Raptors, which uh, is a 2-2, uh, um, one black, one red creature, Nightmare Dinosaur. It has Menace, and it reads, whenever a creature you control with Menace becomes blocked, um, <clears throat> defending player sacrifices a creature blocking. So, uh, not only do they have to block with two creatures, they have to sacrifice one of them. So... Um, yeah, that's that's a pretty powerful um, little uh, rule there. Um, and also has the ability to uh, give all your creatures that menace a plus one plus zero until end of the turn for one black and one red. So it's that's a nice little bonus boost uh, in there. This of course is in here to to for the menace, so I can use it to reduce the cost of tentative connection. Uh, also in there for that purpose is the Stormfist Crusader, which has Menace. 
and it also gives you an extra card uh, for one life every turn. Uh, which, since this is on the cheap side, um, since this is a Lurus deck, all cards are, are just a uh, cost of one or two, uh, besides Lurus. So, <clears throat> so uh, being able to pull more cards is, is pretty critical. Um, to Call of the Death Dweller, which is a, it's on its own a great way to pull some uh, cheap creatures back uh, from the graveyard. But uh, uh, since it also gives a Death Touch and a Menace uh, counter to the creatures, it also helps to keep a Menace creature on the board um, to reduce that tentative connection uh, cost. And of course, rounding out is for tentative connection to, um, to seal the deal. Um, so that's the deck list, and um, of course Luris on the side uh, sideboard. Um, also have in the sideboard a couple of Hateful Adlon, uh, a couple more Labyrinth Raptor, uh, a couple more Stormfist Crusaders, and uh, Blood Curdle, which is in there um, uh, just as an extra uh, way to destroy creatures, and we'll put a menace counter on a creature you control. Uh, I haven't played this yet, I just stuck it in there and I thought maybe that could be interesting. But uh, yeah, I've uh, had mixed success with this deck. Uh, I'm at, uh, I do about 50-50 uh, win-loss ratio. Um, but it's a lot of fun to play, so I like to, to, to keep it around. Um, so, so that's a, a um, deck I've been having a um, bunch of fun with. Another deck that I've been playing around with is a, um, I call it Golgari Grave Diggers, or I think I call it, I think that's what I call it, uh, something like that anyway, um, yeah, Golgari Grave Breakers, um, which centers around a card I uh, ran into that, I I've seen it before, but I uh, haven't really spent, uh, thought all that much about it. Is the uh, Carrion Grub, which is a M21 card. It's a, um, it's a, it's an, I guess you could call it a zero, uh, zero and five creature. So zero in power is five in toughness. But it reads Carrion Grub gets plus X plus zero, where X is the greatest power among creatures creature cards in your graveyard. When Carrion Grub enters the battlefield, mill four cards. So, um, if you set up the deck right, you could get a really powerful uh, creature for just four mana. Uh, and uh, I tend to <laughs> do that. Um, so this deck is all built around pulling, putting creatures, uh, putting powerful creatures into the graveyard uh, fairly cheaply, and then pulling them out um onto the battlefield um as well so um it's a golgari like i mentioned so it's green and black uh i have a single castle lockwain in there for uh any extra um mana and life uh, that i wanna can i use uh six swamps seven forests four fabled passage uh four temple of Mal malady uh, so those are the lands. Uh, a couple of Archfiend Vessels, of course, in here, since I'm pulling creatures from the graveyard. 
into the battlefield. I want to be have able to have those uh, to create the five five black demon creature uh, with flying. Um, a couple of blood chiefs thirst just to be able to destroy uh, a creature planeswalker fairly cheap cheaply. Um, of course, it has that uh, caveat that it has the mana cost of two or less. Uh, but if it was kicked, you can destroy any creature or planeswalker. And you kick it for an additional one black and two. And it costs just one uh, initially. Uh, no Priest of Oblivion, as I mentioned before, is in this deck as well. And it's it's an even better fit in here. Um, being able to pull a, a big creature out of your graveyard um, as a bonus when casting this, of course. It does end up uh, costing you two black and four, so it's a pretty expensive two-one creature. But of course, if you're pulling some some good uh, additional creature, then uh, yeah, that's probably pretty cheap. Uh, I have four lotus cobras in here to be able to ramp the mana uh, quickly and uh, uh, early, and uh, two agadem's awakening, um, which is a uh, uh, dual-faced uh, uh, card. Um, it's a black land on one side and it has these uh, sorcery on the other which costs three black and X and reads return from your graveyard to the battlefield any number of target creature cards that each have a different uh, converted mana cost X or less. Which of course that can be really powerful if you have a bunch of creatures in your graveyard that you can pull out. Um, with different uh, monocosts. So uh, I played this earlier today. Um, I was able to pay five, I think, uh, as the X cost. So uh, I put three or four creatures uh, with different monocosts. So that was a pretty powerful move. I have a couple of Demonic Embrace in here, which is an aura uh, for two black and one. And it gives the creature plus three plus one and flying. Uh, and it also makes it a demon. And you can replay it uh, from your graveyard by paying three life and discarding a card. So it, that works really well in this deck since maybe I, I can discard a creature um, that I don't have enough mana to play at the moment and I'll be able to play it later to pull the demonic embrace uh, out of the graveyard. Also have a few lifelink creatures and be, being able to boost, boost them with a plus three plus one uh, is a really good uh, way of, of replenishing life, even if you're paying three life to, to get it into the, onto the board. I have one dried of the Elysian Grove to help with uh, ramping of mana. Uh, four carrying grubs, as I mentioned. One million keen eyed, which is a legendary enchantment creature. Uh, it's indestructible, and as long as you your devotion to green is less than five, it's just a creature. It's not a creature, and uh, it allows creatures spells to be cast for one less. And you can also, for one green and two, reveal the top card of your library. Uh, if it's a creature card, put it into your hand. Otherwise, you can decide where it goes to the graveyard. Uh, and since I'm playing mostly creatures in this deck, that uh, works fairly, really well. Uh, this is another great Ikoria, um, or Sendikar, I mean, uh, card that I really like. Um, Drana, the last blood chief, which is a 4-4 creature for 2 black and 3. It has flying and reads, whenever Drana, the last blood chief, um, 
attacks, defending player chooses a non-legendary creature card in your graveyard. You return that card to the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it. The creature is a vampire in addition to its other types. So really, really powerful if you can get that um, going when you've stuffed your graveyard with uh, juicy, big juicy creatures. And speaking of which, to do that, I have four Gravebreaker Lamia, a 4-4 um, four, four lifelink, costs one black and four, and it reads when Gravebreaker Lamia enters the battlefield, search your library for a card, put it into your graveyard, then shuffle your library. Spells you cast from your graveyard cost one less to cast. Uh, so that's a great way of deciding what to put into the graveyard to then pull with uh, Drana and uh, um, your other um, methods uh, like the Null Priest of Oblivion. Um, I have a single Asha Soul of the Wild in here, um, a, um, a uh, green creature which has uh, power and toughness equal to uh, the number of lands you control, but it also turns all your creatures into forests, so um, that tends to be a really powerful creature. Uh, a single Nessian Boar, which reads all creatures able to block Nessian Boar do so. When Nessian Boar becomes blocked by a creature, that creature's controller draws a card, and it's a 10-6, so it's pretty deadly. A single Massacre Worm, um, it's a six five, and when it enters the battlefield, opponent's cre uh, creatures get minus two minus two until end of turn. And when a creature an opponent dies, uh, a creature an opponent controls dies, that uh, player loses to life. So also really really powerful when it comes into play. Next boom ancient uh, five five trample, and if a permanent, if you tap a permanent for mana, it produces three times that much mana. Uh, instead. So a really great uh, way of, of them just going crazy. Uh, and a good way to do that is with the Great Henge. I have two of those in here. Uh, I don't think I need to explain what that does. I'm running kind of late so I need to hit, finish up this. Um, I have three Void Beckoners um, and three Titan Rex, which are both creatures from Ikoria. And they have cycling, which uh, in this case is great because uh, they're really expensive to play. But you can cycle them uh, for uh, three respective two, and uh, or two respect respectively, um, and then put a death touch or a uh, trample uh, token on another creature when you do so. And you stick this, and this creature of course goes to the graveyard, and then. Um, it can then uh, help boost the Carrion Grub to an 8-5 or an 11-5. Of course, and then you can pull it back into play with one of the other uh, methods I mentioned. So, another really fun deck to play. Um, been doing fairly well with it. Um, today, uh, last stand is 57.1% uh, win-loss ratio. Uh, so that's a really fun uh, deck that I... Um, continuing to work on and uh, that's it for now